and gents, and welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, where we talk about video games and everything happening in the industry. Fireside Groove this week. I'm joined by Dom. How's it going, Dom? It's going great. It's going just great. <laughs> we had a bid week. Uh, a bid week? A big week is what I meant to say. We're bidding. Uh, bid, yep. Yeah. Uh, so we had PSX happen. We had the Game Awards happen. Uh, we're going to be covering those in the topics, um, but let's get right into what we've been playing. It was a, kind of a slow week for me. I played a couple of video games. Um... So I played Overwatch. I've been playing a ton of Overwatch. Uh, you know, one game of the year at the Game Awards, which a lot of people didn't yeah. like. Uh, Get over it. Salty. Yeah, ex- right. Uh, because there's only one Game Awards for Game of the Year, right? There's plenty of sites doing <laughs> Game of the Year awards. I- I'm sure Uncharted won't win a single one anywhere. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so I've been playing Overwatch. I love the ranked system. It's frustrating at times, but like playing a ranked game with friends... And just, like, being better than the opponent is really satisfying. I haven't had this in a game since COD 4. Me and you have talked about that before, about getting really competitive with shooters. Um, and it's just, it's funny because there's, like, this weird, like, uh, between the competitive nature and then the aesthetic of the game. The aesthetic of the game is a Pixar movie, you know, with these great lovable characters. But you're, like, trying to get really hardcore focused on beating people. So it's really funny. The juxtaposition of those two things is always interesting. Um, I've also been playing a little bit of Quantum Break. Um, almost to the halfway point, I would say. Uh, Jordan, I'm almost there, if you're listening to this. Super close to getting to the halfway point, at least. I want to finish this game before the end of the year. Because um, it is in his game of the year running. So, it's a Microsoft exclusive. And I am kind of the Xbox guy, um, whatever that means, here. So, I, knew, I need to try to finish that. Um, also, I've been replaying through the first Mass Effect, Dom. I, uh, ah. I got the itch. Uh, at the Game Awards, as we'll be talking about later, they had that Mass Effect Andromeda gameplay reveal, and it was like, ah, oh, I want to go play Mass Effect. So I booted up... <laughs> <laughs> what? I'm, I'm just uh, remembering that I watched this Marty Sleeva Let's Play of Mass Effect 1. Oh, God. That game has aged. Yeah, so <laughs> everything besides the shooting mechanics or, like, the shooting gameplay, it, it, I still think it holds up pretty well for an RPG, right? But the shooting is so bad in that game. Like, so I was going. I, I restarted a new character because I want to go from you know beginning to end and take it through two and three. My goal is to play the whole trilogy again before Andromeda comes out, and I'm loving it. I just finished the mission on Pharos. Spoilers if you haven't played Mass Effect. I just killed the Thorian, you know, the sentient uh, plant, um, and th- that was kind of like mind controlling people on Zeus Hope. So I just finished that part. Um, One from Halo. Halo. Yeah, that big plant in Halo. Yeah. No, I don't I remember what they call it. Uh, well, I guess it's kind of the same thing. Weird thing too, uh, the Geth ships in Mass Effect I never noticed kind of look like Covenant ships. They kind of do. They're purple. Crossover. So, right. Um. So yeah, I've been playing through that, and I was looking through the achievements as I do, and I was like, that's weird. The only like shooting achievement I have is for getting 150 kills with a sniper or pistol. I don't have the one for shotgun or assault rifle. I was like, that's weird. Then I started playing and shooting, and I'm like, oh, this is why. It is literally <laughs> impossible to hit people with an assault rifle in that game. And with a shotgun, you have to be super close. And if you get too close, you just, like, melee them. And Jesus, are the shooting mechanics in that game horrendous. Sniper rifle's okay, the pistol's okay too, but the shotgun and the assault rifle, which are usually staples of games that have shooting mechanics, are horrible. So bad. And uh, I think they're bad enough that a lot of people consider the first Mass Effect to be the best in the trilogy, and I just can't because back then I didn't think they were great, and then I kind of forgot about it, and then going back to it now, I'm like, yeah, these are really bad. So that's why I still hold true to the statement that I think 2 is the best culmination of RPG and shooter. I think 3 is the best shooter. I think 1 is the best RP- true RPG. I think 2 is the best culmination of those two things. Did you play the first one uh, first out of all three and when it first came out? Yes. in context, you know, if you played it right when it came out and before playing the newer ones, you know, when shooters weren't as good in general, you might feel differently today. But yeah, know. well, I mean, it still was around, it was still after uh, COD 4, so I mean, I still... Really? Mass Effect 1 was... What year yeah. did Mass Effect come out? Mass Effect came out in 2000... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong. Hold on. Let me go real quick. I was going to say 2007. I was going to say 2007. Damn. All right. All right. Okay. Yeah, so... I still had some context there of it not being a great shooter. Like, I don't think in comparison yeah. it was as bad, but I did play it when it came out. Um, I, you know, it was an Xbox exclusive to begin with. A lot of people forget about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was. it's a fun game. I'm playing through it. I'm having a great time. 
the Mako isn't as bad as people say it is. Like, I remember it being okay, and then people start. I've heard, you know, people saying, oh, I can't wait for the Mako to be upgraded in Andromeda because it was so bad in one. And playing through it now, I'm like, yeah, this is just as fine as I remember. It's not terrible. I mean, it's not the greatest thing, but it's not like Batman Arkham Knight tank controls from what people have said. I haven't played that game, but apparently people hate uh, the tank controls in that. But uh, Well, it, the controls are fine. That, that tank actually plays pretty decently well, and it's fun for a minute. It's just, you're like, it's like World of Tanks out there, and you're <laughs> supposed to be Batman. It's not like yeah. the tank controls were bad. It just know, doesn't make sense in the universe. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just Overwatch, Quantum Break, and a ton of Mass Effect. I'll probably be finishing Mass Effect in the next day or so. I'm already like 20 hours in. I, I've been going to all the side plans, doing all the side missions and everything. And, uh, yeah, just having a blast, man. I can't wait to get to Mass Effect 2. Like I said, that's my favorite one. Uh, that's Bioware's uh, Magnum Opus in that trilogy. So, um, yeah, excited about that. What about you? What have you been playing? So I finished up Dishonored 2. Oh, finished it up sweet. Pretty solid ending. Pretty good game. Uh, spoke about it at length uh, last week, so won't get into it too much. But yeah, it was a good game. Uh, we'll see how it ranks up uh, in the coming weeks in our game of the year discussions. Uh, do you and, think? Do you think you're going to go back and play through it again right away, or is that something you might do, you know, down the road when you have when you don't have anything else to play, and you're like, oh, I'll go back and play with Corvo? Down the road, probably once they announce. If they announce a Dishonored three, and I'll be like, oh yeah, and then I'll that you know, then I'll get amped up and motivated to uh, go back. But yeah, for right now, there's too much other stuff I want to get to. Are you interested uh, in any DLC? Because people love the Dunwall DLC for the first Dishonored. People absolutely love that DLC. I don't know. So I never, I think I said this last week too. I never actually beat the first one, so I do want to go back and do that first before anything. Um, and then I never played that DLC either. So. I don't know what that's like and uh, what we should expect from DLC in the second game, but we'll see. If it looks intriguing when it comes out, then I might grab it, but okay, we'll see. Uh, so um, besides that, what else have you been playing? So I put a little bit more time into Link's Awakening on 3DS, and I think that's been about it. Does Link's Actually, Awakening be Dishonored? I think I must, I must have put some more time into Skyrim, too. Okay. And you have that on PS4, right? You're not playing through it on PC? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What level are you? Do you remember? Not too high. Seven or eight, maybe. Okay, so you're still in the early stages of it. And that's a yeah. game you're just picking up and playing whenever, right? You're not committed to it at all. It just fails. Yeah. It's it, it's one of those that, like, it's nice to have digitally on the PS4. You can just jump into, screw around for a little bit type of thing, I guess. Yeah, that's why it's so interesting that it might, it's not confirmed yet either, which is weird that it was in the reveal trailer, but it might possibly be on Switch, which is like, yeah, it's an old game, but still, that like we just talked about, it's a game that, it was a cool game just to go and like pick up and play for a bit, right? Like, oh, I have some yeah. free time, let's hop into Skyrim and fiddle around and kill some kill some things. Um, I think that's pretty much it for everything we've been playing. We didn't have a loaded week by any means, um, but some meaningful stuff. Dishonored 2, like you said, it might be in your game of the year, who knows? Tune in uh, next week when we go through our Game of the Years and all that stuff in episode 39. Uh, for right now, we're going to be hopping into the news. Speaking of Nintendo Switch, we have a couple of Switch stories here. Um, actually, three of these stories are Nintendo-related. Uh, welcome to the Nintendo Controlled Interest Podcast. Uh, so the first story here comes by way of WWG.com. It was reported in other places as well. This comes by way of Matthew Hayes, and he writes, A report, Nintendo Switch will see performance boost while docked. Uh, we've had this talk about this before of, you know, rumors saying that, you know, it's 720p when it's mobile and it's 1080p when it's docked. And we we're like, oh, is that true? And then Nintendo kind of wasn't clarifying anything. And we were, people were wondering if it even gets a performance boost when it's docked. And it's like, well, why dock it anyways? So uh, the story goes on to state, according to a recent report, the Nintendo Switch will apparently get a slight performance boost as long as it rests in its dock. The ever-snooping Laura Dale, who we've known has come out with a bunch of leaks, has come back with a vengeance today, bringing us a fresh batch of Nintendo Switch rumors, and it's her sources who have revealed today's juicy new info about the dock. What does the dock actually do? The dock isn't actually going to do anything. All of the power is already contained in the Switch itself. When your Switch is docked uh, in the docked mode, however, it's going to run at a higher clock speed in order to display your games at 1080p, while in portable mode, games will run at 720p on the smaller screen. And then they add, don't turn your nose up at 720p either. The PSV, uh, the PS Vita plays games at 540p, and they look incredibly sharp on the smaller screen. Which is true, like, I mean, if a screen's that small, how high res is can it get without it, you know, not making a difference? Um, the next question here is, 
Docks will be cheap and your Switch isn't locked to a single dock. While your Switch is docked, a USB-C cable will be transferring the audio and video signal to your TV and powering the Switch itself. The dock will have an additional fan to help with cooling, but otherwise is going to be a very simple, cheap, easy to manufacture component. This is great news because that means you'll be able to have multiple docks around your house connected to multiple TVs. This is awesome too. If they're going to be really cheap, you can have a dock in your living room or your or your you know office or wherever. You know multiple docks and you can just place it wherever. Um, it helps with charging, so you don't always have to look for your charger. And it helps with, you know, I don't want to use that TV. Somebody's using that TV, I can use another TV. I think it's really awesome. The fact that it's cheap is probably going to be a way for them to customize and sell a bunch of these things. You know, you got your your anniversary edition or your Mario. Um, they can be bundled with games too. You can have a higher price for a game and it comes bundled with a dock. Uh, that'd be cool for like special editions or something. I don't know. And the last part of this article is games should perform the same whether docked or on the go. So the over, uh, the overclock while docked allows the Switch to display your games at 1080p, but it's not going to make them run any better. There has to be absolute parity for multiplayer games after all. You don't want to be laying in bed playing Splatoon in portable mode knowing that opponents playing the game docked might have a frame rate or performance advantages. The performance boost only affects the resolution and that's exactly how it should be. Uh, these are his words obviously. Uh, we're getting closer to Nintendo's official Switch reveal event. Uh, everything is happening in New York on January 13th. So you bet your butts I'll be covering every last detail. Mark your calendars, yada yada yada. Um, so. This is pretty interesting. It's kind of conf it's still a rumor. It's not confirmed by any means. It hasn't been stated by Nintendo, but it's even more information saying yeah, yeah, this is a thing. Um, how do you feel about this, Dom? Like the you know that it's if it's docked, it's going to be running at 1080p, but there's not going to be any performance benefits outside of a higher resolution. Yeah, I mean, I mean that makes sense. So if you think of like a laptop, um, that you know once you unplug it, the CPU uh, you know down clocks. It doesn't run as fast. You know maybe you screen brightness goes down, it gets more in a battery mode type of thing, and then when you plug it back in, you know, it can unleash the power, so to speak. Yeah. So it sounds like the same kind of thing here, except you dock maybe adding another little fan that helps even more with that overclock. So I, this makes sense, and it's, I think, and I this is something I hadn't even thought about, was putting docks on different TVs in your house, which is like a phenomenally awesome feature. I had never thought of that, because think about everyone who's ever bought a second console or had to decide, like, oh, I want you know, the PlayStation up here, but we need something else for the basement and this, and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like this answers all those questions. And I mean, if these docks are like 40, 50 bucks, then that's fantastic, right? Yeah, it makes it easy. I think easy. that's a really cool feature. Yeah. I think the uh, customizable part of it too is really interesting because you're going to have your third-party people making like decals yeah. that go on and stuff like that. But I'm really interested to see if Nintendo goes all in with this of like, you know, packaging it in special editions or having ones that come out where it's like, you're such a Zelda fan, uh, here's a, you know, a special edition dock that you can buy, or here's just ones in different colors. They might not do the different colors, they're more likely to do the character-specific, IP-specific stuff, but um, yeah, I think it's awesome, and it's a really good way of getting around having to love, like, first of all, it's not that big, so it wouldn't be that hard to move it from one TV to the other, but the fact is, is like, you don't want to do that, it's an extra step. Right, so if you're able right. to have multiple docks, you're just like, pull it out, playing it, oh, I want to go use the other TV, and it's just sliding it in, right? You don't have to unplug any cords, any of that stuff. Um, so it's super awesome. Another thing, this isn't a new story we have, this is just some conjecture I was hearing over Twitter um, through multiple, you know, Nintendo leakers and uh, games industry people, is one of the rumors is that this is going to have between five to eight hours of battery life. People are worried it's gonna be between two and four, and some of the rumor swirling is five to eight. If it's five to eight with everything we've already heard, it's it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be crazy good times for Nintendo. But don't get your hopes up. Those are just rumors. Nothing's confirmed at all. But uh, yeah. that battery and, and life those... that battery life is a huge issue. That that's that's gonna be important yeah. to a lot of people. So Yeah, that's definitely gonna be at the forefront. And then there's it's gonna be one of those things too where that number can be easily manipulated. So Maybe it's four. Exactly. To, maybe it's eight hours when you're playing Shovel Knight. Yeah. But when you're playing Breath of the Wild, it's two hours, which would make sense, right? Yeah. So the way that those numbers are presented make a big difference, and we'll see what they really mean and how this thing actually works. Because yeah, if it's only two hour battery life, it's like it would be tough for me to swallow, even though I understand it because it's playing full AAA games on a tiny little tablet, right? So it's like. 
Yeah, and there's also expect, workarounds but... too. Like if you don't have the controllers connected and you're using a different controller and you're just using the Switch as a screen, does that dictate the battery life? So there's like, what's the battery yeah. life in what situation, right? So it's, it's going to be a lot of things there to talk about. Um, the other news story here is also Nintendo Switch. Uh, Allegra Frank writes over at Polygon, report Nintendo Switch will finally bring GameCube games to virtual console. This is super exciting. Uh, like we were talking about before the show, uh, you know, I played the, the NES, I played the SNES, I played the 64. The GameCube was the first console, uh, Nintendo-wise, that I owned personally. All the other ones my parents bought, you know, we used them, all that stuff. They were like the family console. But the GameCube was the first one that I bought myself and I owned. I love. I, that's where I fell in love with Harvest Moon. I loved Wind Waker. Uh, a bunch of stuff. I even played Madden on GameCube, which was really weird. Uh, you know, usually you don't want to play sports games on Nintendo consoles. It's not where they're the best performing wise. But uh, man, I loved the GameCube to death. Like, I fell in love with Animal Crossing there too. Like, uh, so many of their franchises um, were were hit their strides. I personally believe. You know, with the, with the GameCube. Um, but real quick with the story. A Nintendo Switch will feature a virtual console lineup, Eurogamer reports, and among the platforms available will be the GameCube. That would make it the very first time the GameCube favorites will be sold digitally. Three individual unnamed sources told Eurogamer that the handful of GameCube titles that are ready to go for the Switch, and this is pretty huge in my opinion, are Luigi's Mansion, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, uh, Super uh, Smash Bros. Melee, and Animal Crossing. So those are some big titles to be available right at launch, we'd assume. Uh, you know, Super Mario Sunshine is a fan favorite. Luigi's Mansion, people love. Uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee is, like, the definitive fighting game in Smash. Like, people play the new ones and the older ones, but, like, Melee is known for being the prominent and, like, primary one. And then Animal Crossing is great, too. Uh, some people feel as if the Animal Crossing games haven't really gotten better. They've kind of just stayed the same. So, I think going back and having that nostalgia of playing the GameCube version would be really cool. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely love... Uh, the GameCube and its games, and I can't wait to see the whole, the whole kind of uh, you know list of GameCube games coming to be able to be played on the Switch and be playing mobile, uh, being played mobily. Um, what about you, Dom? Do you have a connection with GameCube games? Are you excited about this? No, yeah, this is cool as hell. Um, I don't have quite the connection with GameCube as you did, but I, you know, it's a great console. I, uh, most of my friends had one and spent a lot of hours uh, on GameCube. So this, and not only am I excited, but I think this is really, really big. This is important yeah. for them. They can really, if they knock this out of the park, then this is a big deal. Um, when you put it in context, though, it seems odd because Xbox One is now back compatible with Xbox 360, and even PS4 can play, you know, some PS2 games. So it's kind of like, well, yeah, I would, you would think you'd expect in today's day and age that this, you know, the Switch would have the capability to do this sort of thing back all the way to the GameCube era, right? Yep. Also, the big thing is. The more important thing to me is, are we going to finally have an account system where I don't have to buy a game 17 times every time a new console comes out? That's the big so, thing. Yeah, and that and that's the predicament I'm in right now. I have a whole lot of digital games on 3DS now. A bunch of virtual console ones, all the those 2D Zelda games um, yep. and so on, all digitally owned on my 3DS. And if, it just may, it puts me in that bind right now. I'm like, well, I'm not gonna, I don't want to buy anything else for 3DS under the impression that it might come out in a few months for Switch. I might rather play it there. So I, but yeah. It's just that awkward spot right now. Well, and the big issue, too, with Nintendo is they think they're afraid to do that kind of stuff because they rely more heavily than anybody else on nostalgia. Like, they rely yeah. on you buying the older games. So if they make it so you buy it once, then they won't have that same kind of drive of income. Um, you know, I think, you know, Xbox and PlayStation are making strides to have newer IP or just newer experiences with the IP they already have. And Nintendo, though they do have new experiences, they do rely heavily on, on nostalgia. If you listen to almost any game journalist over the age of, like, 28 or 29, some of, most of their favorite games are on the NES and SNES, you know. So it, it, they, they have a heavy reliance on nostalgia, and I think that plays into it. But hopefully things will change. A lot of the things we're hearing about Nintendo are things we're not used to them doing, so maybe that's one of the things. We'll see. Um, speaking of things that Nintendo didn't do, uh, this comes away of GameSpot. Uh, Oscar Deus, I believe is how you pronounce his name, Zelda Wind Waker 2 was canceled by Nintendo. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Wind Waker was originally meant to get a sequel, but Nintendo canceled it in favor of The Legend of Zelda Twilight Princess. That's according to an interview with artist Satoru Takazawa, uh, translated by Nintendo Everything, who says, We had begun in the initial steps towards creating Wind Waker 2. However, demand for a more Ocarina-like game was growing by the day. The reason for the cancellation of Wind Waker 2 and subsequent development of Twilight Princess instead is an odd one. Horses. 
Wind Waker 2 would have taken place in a more land-based setting rather than on the sea. So that would actually fix one of your issues with the first one, Don. Uh, so that way we could have Link gallop across the land on a horse. But Link's proportions in Wind Waker weren't well, very well suited for riding on horseback. He was too short. And an adult version of Toon Link did not seem appropriate either. High-budget live-action fantasy movies were also huge at the time, so with all things considered, we decided to have at it and switch to Twilight Princess. The interview comes from the new Zelda Art and Artifacts book, which is uh, released in the UK and US in February, but is already available in Japan, like everything else is. Uh, Wind Waker never got a sequel, though it did get an HD re-released in 2013 on the Wii U. You can read our Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD review and they go into that stuff about Twilight Princess. Um... Kind of an odd choice. I think you could probably just work around making the horse look, like shrinking down the horse. It seems like they were too focused on making the horse look proportional and not shrinking him down to Wind Waker. Um, I know we were talking about before the show about the story, Dom, and you were saying that you enjoyed Wind Waker, but the, the land, the, the sea-based stuff kind of got tiring after a while, kind of like Assassin's yeah. Creed Black Flag. Um, mm. He actually said here that the second one would have been more land-based. Do you think that actually piques your interest more? I mean, we'll never know, really. Yeah, right. But... right. <laughs> But yeah, I, I mean, I suppose, but it, as much as I, it, you know, given my complaints about Wind Waker, everyone, I still love that game. It's still a great game. Yeah. Uh, despite that, but everyone, because I remember the outrage that, why, why is it so tune like What is going on? You know, you mean what? Like people did not initially react happily to Wind Waker. I don't, I don't know if you remember that, but it was like yeah. huge outrage. Um, and then, you know, after the years, people like, realize like oh this is a great game like this is actually really cool this art style actually is really awesome and uh, inventive but point being all your outrage apparently had an effect yep. and they chose to go a different direction just to you know get that get those ocarina feels back i guess and that in this specific thing about you know toon link wouldn't look right on a horse is i guess it's an issue I think it's it a cop out, like such, honestly. I, I, it I, seems like such a tiny thing, like that little tiny thing really affected the, the game choice. Like complete that's like a, there's gotta yeah. be I mean, spend some time and figure out a solution. Don't just I don't know. Yeah, it exactly. seems odd. Uh, so uh, speaking of this, they mentioned this that there's the Zelda Art and Artifacts book, which seems like a really cool coffee table book. Do you are you thinking about getting this in February? You love the Legend of Zelda, like Well, I'll tell you what, if I can if I'm able to buy it, yeah, I might. But if it's anything like these damn amiibo that I want so bad and just won't come in stock, not on, especially not on Amazon, and I've not seen them anywhere <laughs> else either. Yeah, I would buy them in a heartbeat, but haven't been able to. So yeah, um, I, I think Thanks, this is, Nintendo. It's really interesting to see the thing that to me is like Zelda's backbone is that every game is so different but so the same. So like there's a lot of core, obviously, Zelda mechanics, but a lot of times the aesthetic's different. You know, there's so many different things going on, and I don't know if Wind Waker 2 would have felt right in a Zelda sense because it would have essentially been Wind Waker but more land-based. Like, it doesn't change too much about it. So maybe Twilight Princess was the right choice, you know, because it was such a departure. Yeah. So we'll never know. It's interesting. It's I still think, like, we just talked about that excuse about the horses and him not fitting right on a horse. It's a really weird excuse to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's weird. Um, anyways, uh, this comes also by way of GameSpot. Eddie uh, over at GameSpot writes, PS4 sales passed 50 million units worldwide. Sony announced today that it sold 50 million, unit, uh, 50 million PS4 consoles worldwide as of December 6th. That figure pertains to units sold through to consumers and also covers the PS4 Pro. So they're all lumped together. Uh, for Black Friday, Sony said the PlayStation brand enjoyed the best week in company history. However, no specifics are provided. A third-party report claimed that Microsoft's Xbox One outperformed the PS4 on Black Friday as well. In terms of game sales, PS4 software sales stand at more than 369.6 million across retail and via the PlayStation Store as of December 4th. This is awesome. Uh, anytime a console can reach 50 million units sold is kind of crazy. Um, and this is actually the least selling PS4 console outside of the Vita. Um, which is also crazy because Sony has so much success with their consoles. You know, um, you know PS3 kind of was, was a flop in the U.S., but it did sell really well everywhere else. Um, Xbox just dominated here in the United States. And, uh, yeah, I'm not surprised it hit 50 million units. It's funny that they, they're they like, hey, congratulations, PS4 sold 50 million units. And then they're like, uh, they talk about it selling so well, and they're like, actually, a, a report stated that Microsoft's Xbox One outperformed it, you know. Um, but... 
uh, we've come to this point where it's kind of like the market's so saturated with PS4s that uh, you know there's not a lot of people that need to buy PS4s if that makes sense. Right. right? So more people are buying Xbox ones, or it could just be a thing like that's a, that's a, I think a type of conjecture as well because you don't know how many people that are buying Xbox ones that are also reselling back their PS4s to trade in for an Xbox One. Right. Sure. We don't know any of that stuff. Um, so there's also the factor of. Um, last gen PS3s and Xbox 360s had a much higher fa- failure rate uh, than PS4s and yep. Xbox Ones. Like this gen, these consoles are damn indestructible. They last forever, it seems. Yep. So after three years, your PS4 is still working fine. But you know, most people aren't going to be like me and want to add into it. They want a pro. They're going to be like, well, this PlayStation still works fine. I might as well grab an Xbox too, because because also, holy shit, it's two hundred fifty dollars and it comes with three games bundled in and on Black Friday and you know, they. Microsoft's playing it perfectly, and I really... So, like you mentioned, PS3 got outpaced originally, um, but I'm pretty sure they might have even surpassed 360 by the end of it. Not that that mattered at that point, but I think the same thing is going to happen this generation. I think Xbox, eventually, it's going to even out. Uh, yeah. Or become negligible. But again, we, we kind of we fixate on this number of consoles sold when it's really like, if you want to make this into a competition between the... If you want to make a console war, this is only... like. Boxes sold is only one metric yeah. that would, you know, determine who's doing better. It's just one thing. Like, you could be like we and sell 100 million, you know, boxes. But if you don't have, you know, long-term people buying the software, too, then you might have made less money than Xbox that sold 50 million or whatever type of thing. Also, so. also the thing, too, is if you have if you have a, excuse me, if you have a console that sells 50 million units and a console that sells 40 million units, but if the console that sold 40 million units has a higher attach rate of software, then they're actually right. might be more successful. It just depends. Like exactly. There's a lot of things that go into this. And not, uh, not to mention the profit margin on each of those boxes sold, and I feel that you know Microsoft might be a smaller margin there, so is that's the perception that they can afford to not make as much money on each box, whereas Sony as a company isn't as healthy, so they have to you know, try to make as much money they can on the boxes themselves. So it's, there's so many different you know, numbers and metrics to look at when you're trying to make also, these comparisons. Also, I'm not sure. You might have some information on this. Um, through NPD, are, is PSVR considered software? It's not considered hardware, right? <clears throat> I'm mean, pretty sure. Like the game? Through the sales charts. Through the sales charts. The PSVR, the actual unit, is not considered like a PlayStation hardware, right, when it comes to the sales. It's its own thing. Like, you know, oh, PS4 yeah. Pro is I mean, lumped in with PlayStation 4. Right. Oh, I, 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 I couldn't imagine that PSVR is a part of that 50 million count. Uh, you never know. They Businesses like to spin things. Uh, you're right. They might be spinning <laughs> it that way. But I, I, conventional wisdom would tell you otherwise. But even if even if you're right uh, with that suspicion... How many million think, units do that sell? Like, it does not it, I, I don't even think it's hit a million yet. Didn't yeah. they just lower their projections to like 750,000? Yep. Which is like... Okay, guys. Uh oh, yeah. Oh shit, yeah. Um, but congratulations to Sony, uh, hitting 50 million units. Whether you're winning or not winning, or you know whatever, that's still an accomplishment in of itself. That's awesome. Um, you know, talk about a turnaround. It's crazy because this console <laughs> jumped to like 40 million units super quick, and it's kind of been limping to 50 million. You know, it yeah. jumped there so quick, and then it was kind of like limping. People are what like, I want to oh, see. It's what I want to see more than anything is the number of pros that were sold. Yeah, specifically by themselves. Right. Yep, I agree with you on that. Uh, so the last bit of news here also is Switch-related, uh, and this comes by way of uh, NeoGAF, and it's kind of their, uh, via the game blog, uh, French website. Excuse me. And this is also pseudo-leaked by Laura, um, who's known for doing a bunch of Nintendo-related leaks. And uh, basically, um, a company named Any Arts Production is uh, making a game called Seasons of Heaven. It's going to be a Nintendo-exclusive um, it shows screen caps. Uh, the game looks beautiful, and I'll read a little excerpt here. One of America's great authors, Luis Lamour, once said, There will come a time when you believe that everything is finished. Uh, yet, hold on, let me move this out of the way. I can't see that. Uh, yet will be the beginning. In Seasons of Heaven, that is exactly what a small group of people who find themselves survivors of the greatest purge ever known will ultimately come to realize. In their struggles to survive on a stripped and barren earth, they will learn that humans across the world literally died as a result of their own careless actions. Uh, I don't know if this is like an environment-based game, like, you know, uh, anti-destruction like or whatever. Uh, centuries of lying waste uh, to the very land that sustained them uh, was what would kill them in the end. The animals would be killed and eaten into extinction. The water needed to sustain all life would be polluted into uh, until it was undrinkable. Think of Flint, Michigan. 
and the air would be filled with waste that would suffocate uh, suffocate the oxygen that was vital to their survival and the survival of everything else on Earth. As the survivors learn to survive in a whole new world, they will have to remember that the very things that gave their fellow humans a sense of superiority and even omnipotence were what that had killed them in the end. Seasons of Heaven will take you from deep inside of will take you from deep inside of a myst uh, mystical forest at the beginning of time all the way through the 21st century and the fall of civilization. It will take you on a journey with Yan, a young boy with Asperger's syndrome, and his faithful companion Annie, a French bulldog who Yan is capable to communicate with through telepathy. As for uh, as you follow the uh, Jesus Christ. As you follow along on their journey, you'll have the opportunity to meet the rest of the major players and bear witness to the enlightenment of some and of some and the demise of others. This story will allow you to experience the awe of discovering the most beautiful magical place that ever existed, while at the same time same time staying only one step ahead of the dark and vile underbelly of the human race. Sorry, I had such such I can't talk. Uh, <laughs> this game looks beautiful. It's interesting that they're giving the main character Asperger's syndrome. Um, I like that the companions of French Bulldog. I think that's really cool. Uh, I think this is totally like a statement to you know, uh, basically industrial industrialization of of the earth and like you know, kind of super super into the environment and stuff like that. It looks very beautiful. We saw the screenshots, Dom. It looks like a very gorgeous game. Oh, yeah. um, I think this is going to be a really cool. Um, pack-in title for Nintendo Switch. This isn't going to sell consoles, but I think this will be something that when people are shopping, they're like, oh, I can pick up that game as well. This seems interesting. I want something to play when I'm not playing Mario or Zelda or the GameCube games or whatever that is. Um, this seems like a very art-driven, interesting game. Uh, what are your opinions on it? You've seen you've seen what it looks like. You've heard a little bit about it. Yeah, like you said, it's damn beautiful. Like, it looks real good. Those screenshots look amazing. Um, and I think this Asperger's thing is a bigger deal than... Uh, that then it seems like that that's I don't know how to really describe it but that's cool that's something I don't think we've really ever seen in games um, and I don't I don't know the first thing about Asperger's so I'm not, I don't want to come off as ignorant about anything but yeah. if it can kind of give you an idea of what it might be like to have to deal with that that's a, a really cool thing for a game to do I guess um, yeah that's all I'll say but I don't want to <laughs> you know um, yeah I think this is cool I'm excited for this I, yeah, and one of my favorite things in video games are kind of like the partner road trip-ish kind of things. And I think you being this younger kid with this companion dog, I think it's a win. People love dogs. People, for the most part, love kids. And I think that relationship between the two, it's going to be interesting. We haven't heard if it's going to have actual dialogue, um, how long the game is. Is, it, is this a shorter kind of walking sim-related type of game? Is this like an experience? Um, it's funny because this shares a lot of relations with the last guardian which is in development forever you're a kid that one was a bird dog this one is an actual dog um it's going to be interesting too how dark it becomes um yeah. and i don't know if it's going to be a message for um his his uh you know his asperger's like what exactly that's going to entail um is this a story of him coming to terms with that like what's the message in this game right um but the fact of the matter is this is a nintendo switch exclusive I think this can be a, a you know a, a dark horse darling for them. I think this could be a really great game. It's cool to see the people working on this seem super happy too. Um, they seem like a lively bunch of dudes that are just having a great time. Um, yeah, I'm excited for this game. I don't know if this will be a, a, a launch title. I don't care if it is, but I definitely do, unless something catastrophic happens at the Switch announcement, I'm more than likely going to have a Switch close to launch. And this is going to be a game I'm going to look for and I'm going to purchase, personally. So, I'm with you. Yeah. Super exciting. On to the topics. So we have a big list here. Um, we're going to cover, first of all, PSX. We're going to be talking about that. If I missed anything, Dom, you're right here. you got to let me know. You're a PlayStation guy. you got to let me know what I missed. So the show opened with Uncharted, uh, The Lost Legacy. Um, can you give a brief synopsis of what this is? Um, yeah. Uncharted, single-player DLC. Chloe and Nadine. Is it that's, so? That's, they, that's what they, I got. They haven't really pitched it as DLC though, right? They pitched it as like its own yeah. chapter thing. Like, yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. I shouldn't have said it's. Yeah, it's a standalone uh, type of thing, kind of along the lines of uh, Last of Us Left Behind or Infamous, whatever that DLC was called, where it's kind of it's its own story. I'm not sure if you need the base game or if you can buy this separately or not. I would assume you need the base game, but. It's definitely a standalone story uh, by itself. So They showed quite a bit of it, too. I'm interested to see how long yeah. it is because they showed 
and this see so i'm not super familiar with uncharted so forgive me for this but through about the first like couple of minutes of that i thought it might be shadow of the tomb raider or something i had no a lot clue. of people had that yeah yeah i was like i don't know i'm not familiar with uncharted i could have been ignorant on that and it, you could have seen the science from a mile away that it was uncharted but to me it looked like some kind of Tomb Raider-esque thing, but it still looked very gorgeous, very pretty. Um, there's some talk of whether or not they showed too much, and we'll find out. The next thing up, uh, we kind of talked about this. There was leaks upon leaks. We actually talked about it on last week's show, and we kind of you know, uh, guessed what the roster would be. Marvel vs. Capcom Infinite was shown off. It showed uh, Mega Man X. It showed Ryu. It showed Iron Man. And one of the people we figured would be a complete lock-in for a character in this game was Captain Marvel. And she headlined it. She was there with Iron Man. Um, I kind of, we kind of anticipated that. Like I've stated before, Marvel's trying to push to make her their Wonder Woman. Marvel's never had a female character of that stature. And I think they're really trying to do that. Um, so it looks interesting. We're going to get the thing where they unveil characters over and over again until we find out what the full roster is. I think those four characters are interesting. Ryu, obviously you always want to include a Street Fighter character. Uh, Iron Man is an interesting choice. Captain uh, Captain Marvel is interesting. I thought they were going to go with Captain America as the familiar face. But, uh, yeah, and then Mega Man 10 is an interesting choice as well. Um, but I was, I was, I'm interested to see if there's... Do you think there's going to be Resident Evil characters in this game, Dom? Oh, interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Um, yeah, like Leon or... What was that Bozo's name in Resident Evil 5 they make you play as? Or if the new game has a character, do you think that might be in it as DLC? Interesting. We'll see. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Let's, go, let's run through this real quick. We have Destiny the Dawning, which is a holiday event for Destiny. I could care less. For yeah. people who love Destiny, they probably loved it. Um, next up, something that I loved, uh, the Crash Insane Trilogy. It oh, looked man. better than what I anticipated it looked. I know, right? It looked gorgeous. Yeah. And from what I've heard, they didn't. They changed some of the real bad issues with it, but they kept a lot of like the clunkiness. The purposeful clunkiness to it which i think is good but apparently from what i've heard people who've actually played it they did fix some of the like very bad issues with the game um like where people would get locked into certain areas or things didn't just work right um i'm excited for this i grew up playing crash with my sister it was one of the that and parappa the rapper or rappa were two of the games that she loved more than anything she's not a gamer by any means but uh yeah crash brought back a lot of a lot of uh memories and that game looks so gorgeous man it looks so great is Crash? I, I never played it as a kid, really. Um, maybe once or twice, but is it uh, couch multiplayer or is it just a single player game? No, it's just a single player. So my okay. sister and I okay. would hand the controller back and forth whenever we die. That's how we kind of okay. played through them. Um, but they're great games. Uh, I think they're they're awesome to experience because they are a huge part of PlayStation's legacy, whether people like that or not. Um, Crash is you know a mainstay. It was PlayStation's mascot for a while. People need to realize that so super excited how the trilogy looks i just mentioned it uh Parappa the rapper 20th anniversary that game definitely needs a reboot remake like crash does they showed off that you can play the older version or whatever that is it looks super rough i loved that game didn't show very well in my opinion um because it's an old game obviously then they showed off you know loco roco and patapon yada 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 the big surprise is they unveiled mac 2 like what why like, I understand you want to have some fanfare and, like, stuff like that, but I think that's just a waste of resources. And I know I don't own a PlayStation, but I, I don't know if NAC 2 is the call. What do you think, Dom? Does, does that seem like a waste of time? or? So, this made me think two things. The first thing is that it doesn't matter, kind of going the reverse of what we talked about with Wind Waker. Sometimes, like, your voice on the internet, and it might seem like everyone is making a joke of this and Sony would never do this again, but we ultimately don't get to, you know influence them as much as we think sometimes and this game has probably been in development for a long time and all the while sony's reading you know what what the internet's opinion of knack is kind of like uh, but also uh, they probably analyze that traffic and a, there's probably a lot of knack traffic on the internet you know yeah so they might they're trying to reverse you know the joke into some yep. revenue <laughs> somehow um who knows maybe and it could be all right i never played the first one but uh, most people didn't like it too much, but if they improve on a lot of things, it seems like they have an opportunity to make a good uh, platformer. Is it a platformer? I don't... Uh, Whatever Nack, it is, I, it seems like a third-person, like yeah, action platformer thing. I don't know. I didn't play it. It looked yeah, I don't know. It didn't look great, and it didn't review great, and people yeah. had really bad issues with it. Um, the next game actually, how would I preface this? 
There's a so Nino Kuni two. They showed off this game. Ah. It looked beautiful. It looks like a like a Miyazaki film. I always wanted to play the first one. I never got around to. It. I own a PS3. The only reason I own a PS3 is for Last of Us. I own Last of Us. I own Heavy Rain. Um, and I've actually after that Nino Kuni two. I really feel like going and just. I can probably pick up Nino Kuni the first one for super cheap. I might plug my PS3 back in and play through it. Um, that game just looks so beautiful. Like, I'm not a huge anime nerd by any means, but I do love really well-done animation. And anime, the more than American cartoons, tend to be more story-oriented, you know? Um, and I really like that. And Nino Kuni 2 looks very beautiful, looks like a great time. So basically, I might end up picking up the first Nino Kuni because of how great the second one looks. Um, there, there's also a sizzle reel in the middle of there that uh, showed off a bunch of games, but they didn't give any any names of the games weird right yeah so you didn't know what any of those like obviously if you're in the know and you're like oh i know what that is oh i know what that is but for somebody just watching it and they're like that game looks interesting and they'll never know what to look up it was really weird i don't for them you know sony's been like vaunted as the people that work with indies the most you would think they'd want to give you the title of the game they're showing right i thought that was super weird it's su super weird um next up uh is the Jarvis project from House uh, House Mark? Um, it's called Next Machina, which looks super interesting. Did you see this one, Dom? Uh, no, I missed this. Uh, so it was it was kind of it looked like it had like a very painted aesthetic to it. Um, House of Mark makes fantastic games. They have been working on this Jarvis project, and people didn't know what it was. Um, they obviously put out Alienation earlier this year. Looks interesting. Those guys usually make very good games. Alienation, though it wasn't received as as well as Dead Nation, it still was enjoyed by a lot of people. So we'll see what that has. Um, and I don't have anything else on the list except for the but one more thing. <laughs> I was going to say, yes. you're missing something. La oh, we also missed Wipeout or whatever the heck they showed. I don't think that game uh, matters. Or that it. really old yeah. volleyball game that no one cared about. Um, Last of Us Part 2. It opens with somebody playing the guitar. You don't know if it's Joel or if it's Ellie. And then it slowly pans and you're like, oh, it's kind of like a feminine hand. You don't know. And then you slowly see a tattoo and you're like, that's weird. Eventually pans out. You see her playing the guitar. She's older. She seems, I wouldn't say much older, but definitely she's aged. Um, she's singing and, you know, you're wondering where Joel is. You see blood on her. You see dead bodies. Then it pans to a silhouette at the front door of Joel or you'd assume it's Joel. I'm pretty sure it's Joel. You know, at that point, he walks in. He walks into the room. They have a conversation. He asks her if she really wants to do it. She states, uh, "I I want to. I want to kill them all." Speaking of the fireflies, um, you oh, love. Do we Last know that though? Well, they showed. So a lot of people are are the saying safe that. Bet. Yeah, because of the they showed the firefly symbol on the uh, broken down sign when they're panning out of the forest. Um. And then obviously having to do with how the first one ended. I don't want to get into spoilers or anything, but you're a huge Last of Us fan, Dom. Um, how did you feel watching that reveal? Like, how did it hit you? Like, my underwear were riding up to my neck. I was just so excited. I couldn't handle myself. Um, first of all, if you're hesitant or just completely dismissive of this, because oh, the first one's such a masterpiece and it ended on a perfect note, why would they go and ruin it and milk it? Calm down. The first game is still there. Even if part two is a pile of steaming shit, which let's be honest, that's not going to happen. But even if that's the case, the first game is still exists as it did when it first came out. You can still go and play that and it's still good. The second game will not affect the legacy of the first game uh, in any way. You can still watch it. You know, the new Star Wars, the, you know, the Star Wars prequels don't make the originals worse. Yes. Right? Also Might taint the overall you know, series if you want to look at it like that, but like the first movies are still good. And it's the same thing here. And I trust Naughty Dog to do the right thing with this story. Also, two things. Bruce Straley isn't going to be a part of this game, uh, unfortunately, yes. however you look at that. Second of all, Neil Druckmann came out and stated, this game was more than likely not going to happen because they couldn't find a story they felt was worth telling. And then they eventually came to a resolution where they found out that there was a story that could be told. And... It's interesting. You have to read into the idea that this is not necessarily a sequel because they didn't. It's called Part Two. It's not called Last of Us Two. Like right. I think this is also this is like one. The first one was one A. This is one B. The way I look at it, as opposed to one and two. Yeah. Yeah. I like I, that. 
I could strongly see that this will be the end of Ellie and Joel's story. Whether this is the end of The Last of Us universe, maybe not. But the fact that they made such a case to make this and call it part two, I mean, they could make a part three, but it's just, I don't know, there's something to it. There's something very artsy to it and a lot of care given to that, that they wanted to call it Last of Us part two in an industry where everything is just called the first game with a two on the end, you know? Um, and I'm super excited. I, you know, Last of Us, like I stated before, made me buy a PS3. And that may be like, oh, well, yeah, it was at the end of the generation. You probably got a PS3 for cheap. I, there's a reason I didn't buy a PS3 before then. I wasn't interested in anything. When I heard about The Last of Us, I was like, this is a game I need to play. You know, this yeah. is a, I, I watched a playthrough of Uncharted 4. I got the, I got the whole idea of it and everything. And like, that's different. Like Uncharted 4 is a masterpiece to a lot of people. That's fine. But The Last of Us to me was an experience that every gamer needed to play. Um, and after finishing that game, I still feel that way. I like that game a lot. Um, and I'm excited. I really wish that she would have played Johnny Cash's Hurt uh, on the guitar. I thought that would have been great. Obviously, the song choice was still great, but um, somebody's probably already done that. It's the internet. Um, what what uh, what do you think about the theory spinning around uh, about Joel died and that was just his uh, you know his ghost kind of talking to Ellie and it, it fits in um, <clears throat> with the Firefly theory that if you remember what happened at the end of the first one, spoilers, Joel kills a whole shit ton of fireflies. Yeah. And leaves their hospital in runes. Um, so I could see why they would come back after him and maybe kill him. And that's what's driving Ellie to go on this vengeful murder spree, which could be interesting. It's a little but too I don't... sixth sense Like, it's a too, yeah. too much M. Night Shyamalan-y. But I don't, there's a lot of theories working around that. It's cool to see young women growing up in a zombie apocalypse. We have Clementine uh, with Walking Dead New Frontier. We have Ellie. Um, the tattoo actually is a butterfly with like these things coming out of it on her arm and it actually has a purpose it's used to cover up her her uh, scar her bite um so that's interesting she looks older she looks pissed off um you're gonna be neil Druckmann's already stated you're gonna be playing as her she's the character you're playing as she's the primary character um yeah i'm interested to see what happens the the theories and stuff are cool I don't want to think about it too much because this game is yeah. a while away, uh, not Ways a long off. time. I think it'll it'll come out probably before Death Stranding, I would assume. But they do care about their games a whole lot, and it might get delayed, or you'd never know. But well, how many times did Uncharted get delayed? Exactly. Don't don't expect this game anytime soon. People have to remember that the last month of Last of Us made it the game it was, according to everybody at Naughty Dog. Just don't think about this game until you until it comes out because you're just going to be pacing around the room. Just know that it exists now. It's being worked on, and then wait for it to come out. You know, so super exciting. I think that covers everything for PSX. I'm not missing anything, am I? There was no announcement about changing your names. There was nothing about PSN in general. There was just that, which I mean, there was a lot of stuff that was awesome that was shown, but there was nothing having to do with the actual, um, you know, uh, network or anything like that. So, moving on, the Game Awards. This actually happened before PSX. Uh, we're going to go through this, and once again, if I miss anything, let me know, Dom. Uh, first thing, they showed off some new Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild footage. Didn't need to see it. It was cool, I guess. Um, I We always talk about like games showing too much, and I'm like, stop. That's like, <laughs> how much more do we need to see of this game, you know? And I hate, oh, I hate to be the contrarian on this. But like they sh always show us so much footage, and it never see it never looks any more. F it always looks as empty as it always looks. If that makes sense, like there's never anything that makes it look any different. Still, have never seen a town in that game. <clears throat> Haven't seen anything. Maybe they're hiding it for when the actual game comes out. But there's never anything that's like, oh, I needed to see this new footage. And it's like so, but so that's that goes to your point though. So it, they th those two things work hand in hand. So they're showing like it seems like every event, every few months, we're seeing more of this game. And it's the same shit that we're seeing primarily every time. And there's not much going on. Yeah. A couple enemies, some nice trees and grass. So you're not like spoiling most of, most of the game, which I think is, is, you know, that's intentional because they want to show this off as much as possible because they need to sell it, obviously. Yeah. But without, you know, getting, just spoiling the entire, you know, experience. So I think that's the idea there. To me, it's like the worst of both worlds. They're showing it nonstop and then they're just showing the same thing, you know? Yeah. Um, you can't have your kicking into whatever. It's fine. <laughs> The next thing, which was really weird, they had uh, they had Gearbox come out. He's like, hey, you guys love Borderlands, right? 
we're a publisher now, and we're publishing a remaster of Bulletstorm, which is really weird. My friend, who's a huge Borderlands fan, fan was really mad um, because he was like, oh, you know, he comes up on stage. He's like, hey, we're Gearbox. You guys love Borderlands, right? Let's talk about this game that was critically decently received, but no one bought it. And uh, they have, like, Duke Nukem DLC in it, which to me reads as, because Gearbox owns Duke Nukem, re to me reads as, please buy this remaster. It seemed very forced to me, personally. Bulletstorm is generic shooter number three to me. I don't see any redeeming qualities of that game personally. I played it when it initially released, and I thought it was just a bunch of fluff. Um, yeah, it's the full clip edition if you're interested in it. If you love that game, awesome. Um, there, it's going to be $60 to get prepared for that. What about you? Did you play Bulletstorm? Do you, did you care about this announcement, Dom? No, not one I bit. couldn't know less about this. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, if I think this is the... This is the Last of Us 2 of the Game Awards. What in the hell was that Death Stranding trailer? <laughs> so, it was a whole bunch of nonsense, and it yep. made no damn sense. I mean, and that's apparently that's to be expected, but it, it really excites me. So, I, because uh, you and me both, we never played any Metal Gear. Yep. So, we kind of missed that train, and it's, it's too late, really, to jump on it at this point. I think most people would agree. Um so it's cool that we're getting basically a new Metal Gear, some a thing that's like so weird and abstract, and we're just gonna get these weird little hints here and the, here and again of like what is going on, and we get to be a part of this from the beginning. Yep. Whereas we miss the whole Metal Gear train, so I'm excited for that. But you're right. What the hell did I just watch? I, yeah. Also, have you seen the babies, weird things where people are tentacles. like, they if you play the two trailers at the same time, the moment that Norman Reedus's baby disappears in the in the release trailer. It pops up in the other trailer in Guillermo del Toro's like little like tube thing. It's just so weird, also, man. Also, if you put Gima. one upside down under the other one, a lot of the scenes mirror each other. Super weird. They unveiled Mads Mikkelsen, who is a great actor. He most recently was the main villain in Doctor Strange. Um, Guillermo del Toro was in it, which is really weird. There was skeleton soldiers. And like you said, everyone loves Metal Gear. Everyone says the story is so complicated, it's so weird, but we right. love it because it's Kojima and it's Metal Gear. Everyone loves it. You had to be a part of it, though, when it was going on. Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel I couldn't buy Metal Gear Solid 5 and jump in. I'd feel lost. Right. I wouldn't feel like I was there. It'd be like playing Mass Effect 3. Like, it's weird to me without playing the other two. It just doesn't make sense. Obviously, uh, Metal Gear is a way larger legacy. But I'm excited with you, too. Like, in the next coming year or so, I plan to get a PS4. I want to have a PS4. Um... And I'm excited to be on the ground floor for this. This is a must-buy for me, personally, because it is Kojima, and this is, we can get in on the ground floor, and I'm excited for that. Me and you can feel included, you know, and see what everyone else yeah. sees. Um, next up, we have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game. Um, this was Rise. also this was also leaked. There was no gameplay footage. I did love the way they revealed it, though, with the cassette tape player floating in space. Um, that was like, oh, this is Guardians, immediately when I saw that, you know. Um, I'm excited for it. No really release date or anything. It's fine. We have Batman coming out. Um, don't yes. worry about it. Tuesday. Yep. Episode 5. Guardians of the Galaxy, I'm excited for it. Glad they didn't show too much. It's fine. Just finish the series you already have, then we'll worry about that. Um, next up, they show Dauntless, which looks like a MOBA? I got MOBA readings. I don't know if you remember this. Probably a lot of people tuned out. It was like the cartoony with the soldiers. There was a the guy with the hammer that's like a rocket and there's like the girl with a bow and like it looked very MOBA-y. I'm assuming this is a MOBA. Maybe it'll be a lot different. I'm hoping it's more Overwatch than it is Smite or League. I think those play better on console. Um, I, Smite's a great game but I think first person perspective definitely helps when you're on console. It is another MOBA though. It looked like a MOBA to me. That's, they didn't really say much. Um, hopefully this is closer for their sake to Overwatch and success as opposed to Gigantic or Battleborn because you definitely don't want that. Um, then again, these aren't huge. This isn't a huge studio making, a, a, you know, a mobile for a console. So their threshold for uh, revenue is not as much as like Gearbox putting a bunch of money into Battleborn and then it flopping. So we'll see. I'm pretty sure I was one of the only people that paid attention to that at all. Um, the prey, the prey gameplay world premiere. Ooh, baby. Yeah. This, we talked about this in our group chat. This gave me super Bioshock vibes. And it also gave me Valve vibes, like Portal-ish. Like the fact that you can like turn into a turn into like a an object and like move around and stuff like that. I think this game's gonna be a very good time. 
some people are mad that it's not keeping the same kind of aesthetic, like spiritual aesthetic as the first Prey game, but I hate to break it to you, that game wasn't enough of a, a success to bar it from being a complete reboot, and them being able to use the IP like this, I mean, you think about it, the word Prey is a pretty awesome name for a game, right? Because it can mean so many different things. Um, I love that gameplay reveal. What about you? Are you stoked no, for Prey now? I'm with you. It's like Dishonored meets Bioshock meets something with a little, little more action. I don't know. It looks awesome. Yeah, that when he changes into that little thing to get through the window. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. All I need to hear next year at E3 is it's coming next fall. That's all I want yeah. to hear. Oh. Yeah. That Bethesda that would, conference is going to be lit, as the kids say. Uh, that would surprise me, though, because Arcane did just finish Dishonored. Yeah. Too. Well, it's a but separate studio, too. But the oh, thing they could do, yeah, the thing they could do too okay. is it could be a 2018 game because next year they're more than likely going to have that Wolfenstein game that was teased and Evil Within 2, hopefully. So we'll see. They have a lot to work with in their portfolio. The sooner I get Prey in my hands, the better because that game looks awesome. <laughs> if it's as good as it's looking, guys, buy it because we I want a sequel to that game and I haven't even played it yet because that game looks exciting. <laughs> um, next up, the Shovel Knight prequel. Uh, I'm super oh, yeah. stoked about this. Uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be a very media experience. Though I, that's totally just based off of what we've seen. Um, uh, spec, you're playing a Specter Knight. It looks interesting. Anytime I can get more Shovel Knight is awesome. Personally, I'm a little disheartened by it. I was expecting something with actual Shovel Knight. The prequel with the separate character they did that with DLC, um, with Plague Knight. It's cool. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna play the crap out of it. But it definitely isn't what I wanted to see next from Yacht Club Games. They're also a publisher now. Um, they published like a Gunvolt Striker game or something, so they do have other areas of income. But um, yeah, I this is going to be a great holdover, but it isn't what I wanted. So, um, wh what about you, Dom? You recently finished Shovel Knight, right? Yeah, I yeah. I never I, I started up the Plague Knight one, and it I don't know something it just wasn't the same. It didn't feel right. It just didn't yeah, feel right. yeah, it was just off. And I kind of got the same kind of vibes from this one. Where it's like, I don't know. I'd rather, I'd rather play as Shovel Knight. I don't know. That's the name this of the is game. Like, right? This is like super hardcore Shovel Knight fans. I think. Yeah. Play this. Interesting um, that they're going with this model. That they, there must be something that they know or they think they know. That you know, this is better for them to keep on doing this DLC instead of doing Shovel Knight Two. Also, like though, maybe Shovel Knight Two is a way bigger project than we anticipate, and they're uh, releasing these interstitials because, yeah. a, they already have the engine built for it, right? So it's easier to make. They already have a lot of the assets. And a lot of people are anticipating Shovel Knight jumping from 8-bit to 16-bit. So maybe it is a larger project, and they do want these interstitials because they want to stay uh, stay relevant. And like I said, a lot of the assets are already pre-made, and the engine's already there. So it is hard work, don't get me wrong, but it's not as hard as making a brand-new game. And maybe they are working on them hand-in-hand, hand, you know? Yeah. So we'll mm -hmm. see. Um, what's next? Halo Wars 2. Now, I'm not a big RTS guy, I have a couple of friends that absolutely love Halo Wars. Um, Halo Wars 2, the cutscenes, just like in Halo Wars, are so beautiful. The story of Atriox is so cool. It's this brute that's like battle-worn. And it's kind of an old story of like the guy that survives all these wars and he becomes hardened by them. And the fact that he was like, you know, he's basically plotting revenge now because he was basically exploited by the Covenant. Um, it looks super cool. If anything, the very worst, I'll watch all the cutscenes together. Um, I, I'm interested in playing Halo Wars 2, but I'm not an RTS guy. Um, the fact that this is going to be on PC and play anywhere is going to be awesome. Just to let you console kids know, you're probably going to get wiped to the floor with the PC RTS guys because they're familiar with the likes of StarCraft and stuff like that, so just be prepared for that. Um, what about you, Don? Did you see the Halo Wars 2 cutscenes that they showed off? Yeah, it yeah. looked good. <laughs> it looked really good. But yeah, like you, I'm not huge into RTSs, but maybe one day. We'll yeah, see. it... If anything, this would be the one. Beautiful. This would be the game that got me into RTSs. If any, if any was going to. Yeah, agreed. Uh, next up, we talked about this earlier. Um, Walking Dead: New Frontier. They showed off some teasers of it. They show how Javier, the other character in this game, kind of came to terms with the zombie apocalypse with his grandfather dying, uh, which is kind of brutal. Uh, and the daughter's going to the his younger sister's going to feed him food, and she's like, "Oh, he's not dead. He's alive." I also like the fact that they were speaking some Spanish in there too. It's really cool. Um, and Clementine is a badass. She shows up at the end of the trailer and she's like, sometimes you just got to deal with what happens essentially. 
I love Clementine. Clementine's one of my favorite video game characters. Uh, Walking Dead, New Frontier looks amazing. I'm excited. What about you, Dom? Are you stoked for this? Yeah, the trailer was awesome. Uh, yeah. It's, I've seen so many, like, Walking Dead, you know, the first time someone turns and how they deal with it and do they kill him. Like, I've seen that in several different shows and games, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yet this one still somehow was, like, engaging, and I was like, oh, oh no, the grandpa. Like, it just, yep. somehow it's still interesting to me. And I'm really excited for you, myself, and Jordan to play these episode by episode. Yeah, full disclosure, when these come out, we're going to be talking about them as they come out. Our, we're going to have topics where they are full of the spoilers from that episode. We're all huge fans of Telltale's Walking Dead. And unlike Batman, which Jordan and I are going to play once the full series comes out. I'm not saying I'm not going to play it. But like Walking Dead, I think, is already so far along that we just want to play it as soon as it comes out. So um, it's going to be awesome. And lastly... My favorite thing, we got Mass Effect Andromeda footage, and we got a yes. ton of it. Yeah. We saw Ryder walking down from the ship. She's with uh, the first female Turian I can personally remember interacting with, and she's one of your companions. And another uh, another uh, Krogan, who looks badass. He has like this old like bone armor. I remember in a, a couple episodes ago, Dom, we talked about how they stated that in this universe, a lot of their armor is going to be more organic, and that completely makes sense that it's bones and stuff it's like dinosaur bones or whatever the hell it is um you see them walk into this little area and it looks very populated it looks very gorgeous they have this interaction with a space pirate um i like the way they talked about how each planet in the previous mass effect games the planets weren't very lively and they were just like especially mass effect one it's like empty a thing here a thing here a thing here these look like very awesome environments and the fact that there's creatures you can interact with too um gives me a lot of mass effect one vibes um, the gameplay looks very solid. It just looks like a very beautiful game. My uh, Before I get into what I'm about to say, how did you feel about the gameplay? We finally saw a ton of it. Yeah, no, I'm with you. It looked cool as shit. Um, I'm real excited for this too. Probably not to the level that you are, but yeah, this looks awesome. Yeah, it made me want to go and play the original trilogy. This is my most yeah. anticipated game. I'm super stoked. Uh, my biggest issue though, and I've heard plenty of people say this, it's still weird that they haven't given a release date. They keep saying, yeah. They keep saying early 2017 or spring or March or whatever they're saying. They're giving a very vague statement. It's really bothering me. Um, but the thing is, is that what if their whole like, what if they, what if this does come out on Nintendo Switch? And the reason they can't announce the release date is because that's the release of the Switch. Could be. If you're thinking about it, if this game isn't getting delayed and it's this close, why is there no release date? And the only thing I can think about is what else would it be working with? And the only thing I can think about is the NX or Switch, obviously. They don't want yeah, to yeah. tell the release date because it'll out the Switch release date. That's the only yeah. thing I can think of. EA did say that one of their bigger franchises is coming to the Switch. Yeah, I I really think that's the case, man. I really think that this is going to be on Switch. And the reason they haven't told the release date is because Nintendo, that's when the Switch is released. We will see. If this is a launch title for Switch, that's insane. That'd be crazy. That'd be great for Switch. That'd be insane. Um, though that game looks very beautiful, and uh, I don't know how it's going to run. So, you know. Um, and that's pretty much it. We're going to have a last topic, but we ran a little long here. We're just going to go with those two topics. It's perfectly fine. Um, we're going to be closing out the show here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We're going to be talking about what we're going to be playing. Like I stated before at the beginning of the show, I'm going to be powering through Mass Effect, getting to Mass Effect 2, my favorite of the franchise. Um, maybe Andromeda will take that place. Uh, we'll see. Uh, also going to be playing through Quantum Break. Need to beat that game before our Game of the Year show next week. Uh, also going to be playing some more Overwatch, as I always do. Um, I might end up picking up uh, either Final Fantasy 15 or Dead Rising 4. That's a maybe. I don't know. One of those games I might get. The whole story about the patch for Final Fantasy 15 adding in story and stuff like that is really weird to me. That's why you don't pre-order games. Uh... <laughs> and um, I think that's pretty much it. I need to f I I'm I need to catch up on the last two episode of, uh, episodes of Westworld before I get spoiled. I'm behind on that. And yeah, I've been listening to Childish Gambino's new album. Love it. Uh, super good. That's pretty much it. Not a huge thing. Just gonna be playing some Mass Effect and some Quantum Break and some other stuff. What about you, Dom? Um, it's looking like Bloodborne. I'm gonna get back into Bloodborne because Ooh. I bought that DLC finally. <clears throat> Uh, when it was on sale a couple weeks ago, so gonna jump back into that and. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever play Ashes of Dell, the Dark Souls Three DLC? 
No, I think I'm going to wait uh, because they're doing an, one or two more? At least one more, yeah. At least, yeah, okay. So I'll probably wait until uh, until it's all out type of thing. Because Ashes I've, isn't I've been, that long from what I heard. It's good, but it's not yeah. that long. So, yeah. It's yeah. But I've, I've been itching to get back into Bloodborne, so I finally have a great excuse. So, What about Awakening? Are you going to be finishing that up? Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, I'll sink some time into Link's Awakening too, so. Sweet. I think we have another show before Rogue One comes out, right? Yeah, it comes out the 16th. Oh, so. my God. That's right. Also, the night of recording this, there apparently we knew that there was going to be a new Spider-Man Homecoming trailer. There might be two tonight, so super stoked about that. It could be the best Spider-Man movie we've ever gotten, considering we've already gotten four of them. The five. I forgot that there was Spider-Man 3. Um, yeah, so excited about that stuff. Thank Isn't you that guys. the best one? Oh, God. No. <laughs> um Thank you guys for watching episode, or watching and or listening to episode 38 of the Control District's Gamecast. It was a fireside groove with Dom and I. Jordan will be returning next week when we talk about Game of the Year. Uh, if you can, go and subscribe to us on YouTube. It really helps us. We don't have a custom URL, so just search Controlled Interest on the search bar and it'll pop right up. We're also at CTRLINT on Twitter. Follow us there. Dom tweets out all of our episodes as well as news that we find throughout the week. So if you want to keep up on video game news or just you know when our content drops, definitely follow us there. Our personal accounts, I'm at Jared underscore, that's J-E-R-R-A-D underscore. Dom is at Dom's Oreos, spelled the way it sounds. Uh, Jordan, who's not with us, is at Melomotus. Uh, if you guys can rate and subscribe us on iTunes as well, uh, that'll help us get seen. That's pretty much it. Um, we're going to be doing a couple of neat episodes to end of the year. We're going to have our, our Game of the Year talk next week, followed by our predictions for 2017 the following week, so definitely tune in for those episodes. And, uh, yeah, any closing words, Dom? Assalamu alaikum. And Merry Festivus to the rest of us. Catch you guys next time. Bye.